You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast, a very special edition, <laughs> a O-Chart Day edition, Jack. So coming up in a little bit, the... Uh, very easily, I think we can say the the most important interview in the history of this podcast. I would say no that. question. Yeah, of the second biggest offseason acquisition the Phillies made this offseason <laughs> uh, of Jason Ochoa. Very excited yeah. to talk to Jason Ozart. Yeah. That'll be coming up. Awesome, awesome stuff with Jason. Very kind with his time. I would so, definitely. I would say way that. too much time he gave us. So it's really cool. We'll talk to Jason in a few. First, uh, Jack, uh, we got to react. Sadly, we were so excited last pod. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Swept the Mets. Yeah. At least they won yesterday. The Marlins are better than the Mets. So here's the thing. The Marlins are better than the Mets. Plus, I'm a big believer in all sports, but especially baseball. Like, sometimes you just have bad matchups. Sometimes there are teams that just get up for you or whatever. I think the Marlins just are a bad matchup for the Phillies for some reason. Listen, I try to tell people. The the, the, the Phillies struggle with the Marlins, and the 2014 Huskies couldn't beat Lockhaven. It's the same thing. Exactly same the same. thing, but yes. like, but like, all right, in all seriousness, the like last year the Orioles had a pretty decent record against the Yankees. Like, remember that the whole thing where it was like the Yankees, yeah. the Yankees struggle against this Orioles team, and the and Orioles they won hundred games. Yeah, and the yeah, Orioles yeah. were one of the worst teams. So ever. it sucks that it happens right after the Mets series, and you, there's so much momentum, and then to come out and just lay a stinker on Friday. Uh, it was such a stinker too. It was like a, it was like a the, the biggest stinker. It felt like it. So I, uh, you know, we never lie to the yes. listeners. This was not my best weekend of watching baseball. Right. I went to three fish shows. Yeah. It was awesome, but I caught up on everything, and I watched the important parts. The Phillies, I saw the Sunday game all the way through, the, but otherwise bits and pieces. The Phillies were getting fish fried it was down not in Miami, and you so were getting fried at fish. hey <laughs> It was awesome, Jack. Never miss a Sunday show. That's what I'll say. I didn't know they had Sunday Never concerts. miss a Sunday show because it thought, was straight fire. I thought fish was trout fishing in America, honestly. I didn't know they were even a band. <laughs> I, I've never heard one fish song. That's your I loss, tried buddy. to listen to like some songs weekend because like, oh, James seems to like these guys. And I was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not for you. You yeah. like country music. What can I say? Well, because I'm an actual baseball fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's dive into it. Friday, 6-2. Like you said, it just seemed like a, a stinker of an outing. Four hits. The only two runs they score on are Vincent Velasquez yeah. homer. Doesn't get much worse than that. Well, Jack. Vincent Velasquez is a better pitcher than, or better, better hitter than, than pitcher. Better pitcher, of course. Yeah, of course. Very Everyone clearly. knows that. Everyone knows that. Vince Velasquez, man, like, put that guy on a pitch clock. <laughs> For, for the, you can change. Please. He he is so brutal to watch play baseball. It's the worst. It, it is not fun. Like baseball is supposed to be fun. The whole reason we care about this, watch it, is because it's fun. He's not fun. No, he's not fun at all. And it like sucks to dude, watch, dude. Like this this rotation, man. Like it's brutal. It's so it's so so. They've 
Two big question marks and Eflin starting to show some 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 leaks, some cracks. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the Eflin armor isn't looking great. No, so, no. So Velasquez, like he was just Velasquez. Like it took forever. <laughs> four innings, four runs, or four and a third, four runs. It's like, yep, that's Vinny. Like he could throw six innings of no hit ball, and I would still be miserable because he just because <laughs> he takes forever. Oh, we were that Mets game. He had like five innings of no hit ball. So I know, it was terrible, so bad. So um, I just, I it was a it was a stinker Friday. They came out with no emotion, and I just. I, it's just, it's just they had this whole thing, like the bamboo and how they're bringing it down with them. Now, I will say, according to the Phillies radio broadcast, they brought the wrong. They didn't bring the the bamboo that Brad Miller bought. They, what? They brought the, a fraudulent bamboo. They well, didn't bring the. That's outrageous. Well, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, no wonder it didn't work. Exactly. So we're not out on the bamboo. How serious are we about this or not? Like you can't go on a nine game road trip and not bring the correct bamboo, Brad Miller. If you're not, if you can't do the bamboo thing and not bring the correct bamboo. It's a, it's a travesty. I see a lot of holes in their story. Uh, well, especially story because, thing. I mean, we're talking about a sport where superstition clearly matters. Right. So bring the right bamboo. Especially when you're going to a team that you can't beat. A nine-game road trip. You got the Braves coming up. Now, is, Did I, they send someone back for the right bamboo? I would hope so. They better, man. Should have sent Vince back. <laughs> yeah, please, man. <laughs> Put him on a plane. Get him out of there. But yeah, the, the fact that their only runs came off of Vince Velasquez's armor. Oh, like, it's a kick in the junk, Jack. Hernandez is just like he's fine. He's nothing special. Like I, Elysier, it was a very like Friday night. I was so jacked for the game. I was like oh, four straight. I, I feel good. a run coming. Like let's let's compound on this. And they come out, and the offense is just <laughs> oh, like mm, I don't really feel like participating today. So <laughs> four hits. Four freaking Including hits. one of them from Vincent Velasquez. Yeah, and it was just like, it was like the same thing, though. It was like non-competitive at-bats. Like, innings were over very quickly, um, and it was just brutal. Like, it was it was a very not fun game. Like, at 6-2, it was just boring. Now, I will say, very happy Tommy Hunter's back. I I have it on my list. Uh, I the, was gonna get Tommy Hunter's Hunter. looked good. Sorry, they came back. Yeah. I mean, I forgot how, honestly, I forgot how big Tommy Hunter is. He's a Big boy, dude. That guy can eat, man. Like he he so is he was, a big dude. He was talking about how like he was he would buy dinner for the minor leaguers he was with, dude. He bought them like five guys and like <laughs> and, like everything you could ever want, like unhealthily. Like that's what Tommy Hunter was Thanks, buying Tom. the team. So Thanks, you know, Tommy, come on, man, just <laughs> do better. <laughs> All right. I mean, if it helps you throw 95, it helps you throw 95. Sure. But I mean, what can you say? So uh, I'm very glad he's back. He looked he looked pretty good. He looked good. Yeah. And for for this bullpen, I'd much rather have him out there than uh, anyone than, else <laughs> except Naris, Edgar yeah, Garcia, sure. yeah. all these guys, JD Hammer. So uh, he's a, he's a big step up, and that's it for Friday because I don't feel like talking about. Friday I agree. Anymore. Well, it's not like Saturday is much better, Jack. They had a six one lead. Yeah, Saturday was brutal, and you know a lot of people are blaming Kapler for taking out Eflin. And I just think if you actually watch that game, Eflin was getting crushed. Like, Eflin did not pitch well. Eflin got a lot of balls that were ripped that were just right at people. Um, I think if he pitched, if he played that game at Citizens Bank Park, it's a way different story. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has not looked crisp in his last two starts or three starts. Like, the the the, the overall stat line on Saturday was fine. It was good. And a six inning, three runs. Listen, it was a 6-1 game. It was a 6-3 game, obviously, because the, 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 the home run or whatever. But I just think that he didn't pitch that well. I understand he's only throwing 89 pitches, but you should be able to hold that lead. Like, that's that's a major league playoff team. You should be able to hold that lead against that Marlins offense. Which, the Marlins offense is so... I mean, Garrett Cooper, where, where did he come from? Well... Uh, he's actually all right. He's like the one guy in the lineup. Him and Brian Anderson are like the only two guys who could maybe play for another team. You know how good the Yankees are at scouting? 
The Yankees gave away Garrett Cooper and Caleb Smith for international slot money oh because they didn't have they didn't have they have too much guys in their forty man roster. Ridiculous. Those guys are good. Like uh, I would Caleb love Smith is great. I would love Garrett. Cooper. I would take both those guys right now. We could well we need Caleb Smith would be our two starter and the Marlins are going to flip him. <laughs> our two yeah, starter yeah and the Marlins are going to flip him for something really decent, pretty good in return. Although if they get rid of him, they'll probably turn into like a Cy Young. Sure, winner, given their recent track record and whoever they get for him will be Lewis Brinson, <laughs> yeah, like or whatever. Just yes. a disaster. Yeah. Um, but like, I, whenever I think, like the Yankees, you see that story today about the Yankees? They just signed a 16-year-old switch hitter that's a combination of Mike Trout and Mickey Mantle, oh, apparently. come on. It's crazy. Come on. And that's, that's what pisses me off with the Phillies or national scouting. It's like, stop casting a wide net and spend the money on big-time big guys. Get right. the guys who are... I don't... Because those guys... Like obviously it's really young and all that, but more often than not, those guys end up being superstars. Like did, they end up being superstars. If you read that story, it was like the the, the scouts the were like Eloy Jimenez's of the world always end up being good. The scouts were like we well, except for like uh, who's like the the red, oh, Rusty Castillo, Rusty Castillo, yeah. So not always. Is Manny Tomas? Yeah, they, those guys were older. Jorge than. Soler. Jorge Soler. I remember I was so Jorge mad. Soler's good now. He's fine. He's got like 25 homers or something, or 22 homers or something like that. I was very mad at the Phillies. He'd be, leading, he'd be leading the Phillies in homers. Yeah, so. so uh, Saturday, so a lot of people are ripping, ripping Kapler for pulling in there. I don't I don't agree. I think it was the correct decision. I, th- I didn't think Eflin was pitching that well at all. I understand it was only 89 pitches, but like... You should be able to hold that lead if mm-hmm. you if you're playing against the Marlins offense. It's usually anemic. Instead, they're playing the Phillies. And so also, not. you should believe that Adam Morgan can come in and get outs for you. Like you know, it's well, it was first Juan Acasio, which is what, which is an of course <laughs> he's yes. pitching better of recent. He's been good a couple times out. The eighth inning lever high leverage against the Mets look good. Listen, I like. I cannot believe we're at the point where Juan Acasio is is holding down leads high for us. leverage. If Juan Acasio is a high leverage reliever for this team. That is awful. Yeah, and, and he and should be the long man or something. He should be the long man, and, and, and actually good bullpen. He'd be the long man, be a, and he'd be a fine. Long, he's fine, fine, fine as a long man. And what we talked about last episode was like how you, yeah, you were saying you were like, listen, this bullpen is going <laughs> to fall apart. Yeah, and I was like, well, stats wise, they're doing okay. And but this, but I also said, oh, like this team is not, on paper they're not a good bullpen. No, we're just waiting for it to crumble. Yes, and this weekend it finally started to absolutely yes. crumble. I mean, you have you have Juan Acasio, which is, I don't like him having a lead, and I don't feel comfortable with it. Adam Morgan since coming back, I still think he's hurt. Like he's he's down to like ninety one. He hasn't looked the same. No, it's like ninety one, ninety two. And my problem with them is that they keep using him against righties. And like I like Adam Morgan, I think Adam Morgan's a really good reliever. I still think he should be facing lefties more and if, often than not. And if you have to have him face a righty, you can. But like he is a lefty specialist, and I just think they're getting that away from that. I don't really understand why. Um, because they got no one else to pitch. I know they have because no it's like, oh, should I use Adam Morgan against a righty or use Edgar Garcia? Right. Well, I guess I'll use Adam Morgan. Right. You know, you're you're completely right. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, I guess the first two months of the season were mirage. I don't think that's true. The guy was 94 to 97. No, he looked great with a wipeout slot. I actually think he's still that. That's the most sense like sensical thing I've heard. And he looks, he doesn't look the same. Well, right now. I mean, let's look at it this way: the slider's not moving the same way. Like as much of a drop on it. Velo's down. Slider doesn't look as sharp. There you go. He's still hurt. Yeah. Like there's, there's no doubt in my mind. He's Occam's still razor. That is the most obvious, likely answer. What is Occam's razor? Oh come on, you know that. That's mm-hmm. such a popular thing. Occam's razor is essentially that the simplest answer to a problem is generally the correct answer it's more complicated than that like the, the phrasing of it but the idea being that like in a situation whatever is the most simple like obvious clear answer is probably the right answer uh, okay that's like that one that's like lawson's theory or something 
like I don't know. There's some there's some other saying that I didn't totally get until like <laughs> two weeks ago, and now it's like my thing. Um, Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Yeah, it's a thing. I promise you. I bet you. I would bet you. Eighty percent of the listeners right now know what I'm talking. That's about. like the first time I heard woe. Maybe is, more. That's like the first time I heard "woe is me," and I was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> like "woe is me." I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Now I get it. <laughs> you figured but, it out. Yeah. It's, hey, listen, I, we, we take a little while to adjust here. <laughs> you do. Okay? Yeah. You know, if, if you see, if you listen to me talk, I'm not the biggest vocab guy. <laughs> but you know why? You know why I'm not the biggest vocab guy? Because I'm a baseball guy. Yeah. And this you is just what get baseball names. This That's is all what, you got to worry about. This is all I'm here for. Yeah. You don't. I, you don't pay me for vocab. No. I don't, do you, I don't pay for anything. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Do I care <laughs> yeah. if, Most it, of the if time. it's grammatically incorrect? No, I don't. No. Until people make fun of you. Oh, for dude, it makes me so mad. <laughs> I know. Dude, like the then then thing. Can we just freaking have one? Uh, or like you're not great at the me I thing. Oh, I can't do it. So it's I'm so... really simple. All you got to do is say it out loud and whatever sounds right is right. So it's like if you were like, Jack and me are going to do this podcast. Jack and I are going to do this podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like. If you say it without, so say it without this, say is me is going to do this podcast or I am going to do this podcast, right? I am going to do this podcast. Jack and I are going to do this podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like say it without the first part, just say the me or the I and nothing else and see what sounds right. So Zach Eflin on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our vocab lesson for the day. Yeah, I think they appreciate it. That was a two minutes of vocab talk. Yeah, Listen, I'm sure there's some younger listeners that are in high school classes really struggling. Yeah. Maybe not as much as I used to. Maybe you're not the first person who's heard of Occam's Razor. Maybe they'll, you know, by the time they're 25, they understand the difference between then and then. But maybe know, not everyone can. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Eflin struggled again. He just... Right now, his his fastball, like he's not getting the fastball up again with the same kind of zip, zip to it, it and, the, and the late life to it. That yeah, it had before now it looks like it's, it's he's he's lowering the level of it. And uh, when you have a rising fastball like he has, when you throw it lower and at the bottom of the zone and it rises, it's going right into the middle of guys' mm-hmm, bats. Sure. So what made him so great the first you know for the, all the season up until these last three starts was fastballs up that would get above guys' hands, and he's just not able to do that right now. Um, I think. I think he'll get it back. I'm not too worried about it. And listen, even with Zach Eflin struggling, quote unquote, six innings, three runs, I'll He's take that from Zach Eflin. better than everyone right. else in the rotation. For so the I part. still feel really good about Zach Eflin starts, um, even if there are some uh, some leaks happening. Some leaks along the way. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk Sunday, and then we'll get to the real reason that everyone's here today, Jason Ochart, Ochart Day. But uh, Phillies actually won on Sunday, which was nice to see. The bats came to play. 13 w- runs. How w- about it? Was I worried up 10-4? <laughs> You're every- damn right I, I was. Think everybody was. It was 10-6 too, right? I think everybody yeah. was. Yeah. Arietta is just... Well... He was better. Look, I just that one inning. But yeah. like, he's just not... He's also not fun. He, I don't enjoy watching Jake Arrieta. Play. I do enjoy Jake Arrieta when he can spot his fastball. Sure. It's a way more fun Jake Arrieta yeah, to watch. Yeah, I guess so. I just... Just like... J- Jake... Be okay. Yeah. Like, just give me six innings, three runs. Like, uh, that's all we're asking for, it's man. It's not much, man. We're not asking for much. You're making 25 mil. Yeah. <laughs> 25 million. You're making as much as Bryce Harper. Well, granted, you know, Bryce Harper. Bryce don't, Harper's been better than you, Jake Arrieta. Don't let him get hot. <laughs> I We, you know, Homer in this game, four RBI. Could be getting hot. Could be getting hot. Uh, I think his last four games, he has an OPS over 1,100, so... Slowly breaking out. Big sample size. I know. We're, we're doing what we can. Yeah, the only uh, Look, so what if he went over for the game before? That? He's gonna have a monster second half. Well, I I, I really I, I'm here's where so Bryce Harper this month I think he ended up batting two sixty no two fifty with a three seventy five OBP and like six homers so he's on pace for like a third if he if you average it out over one sixty two he's on pace for like thirty homers and over a hundred. 
driven in and an OPS. It was still like the 850 range, but not great. But with Bryce Harper this month, he, he cut his uh, strikeout rate down 10%. So he was 31% last month in it's May. It's a big deal. And now he's down to 21%. And I think the biggest thing behind that is that he finally has a stance that he feels comfortable with. Like, remember the first two months of the season? Yeah, he kept moving the bat around, up on the shoulder, doing right. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I feel like he's getting more comfortable with this certain stance. And he's he, he's more upright. And I think that's maybe helping him start to drive it. And listen, these last couple, these last couple games, we've seen him really, really make a big impact on the ball. And I just, I think he's starting to catch up the fastballs more and more. Just I don't have the numbers in front of me, but eye test wise, it looks Feels like he, that way. It looks like he's not getting destroyed by fastballs anymore. Like it's still not great. There's too many balls that still get over. Like the fastball. So the fastball up and away. And this was before the Marlins series, or maybe Saturday. The, the numbers came out on fastballs up and away with two strikes. He's a 222 slugging percentage. Wow, that is three extra base hits. Man. It's bad. Um, I'm hoping the the break will get kind of give him a chance to adjust here and, and recalibrate himself. I'm actually happy he's not going to. And granted, obviously it was not unless he was voted in, not going to be an all star. But I'm actually happy he gets some time off here. I think that I think Bryce Harper not making the all star team is the best thing that's ever happened. Hundred percent, I really do, and it's going to fuel him too. I mean, he's always an all star, you and, know. And he's a guy that I think is a is definitely a fueled guy. Totally, a like, fuel. he is a a chip on the shoulder guy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Him not, and Bryce Harper, the prideful Bryce Harper that I. Th- believe we know not making the all-star team after he's been what a six-time all-star yep. and being 26 years old getting a huge contract playing in a new city baseball yeah listen are we gonna get a 08 ryan howard where he almost wins the mvp after not making the all-star game maybe mm. i would be i would definitely take it how great would that be but yeah <laughs> I, no i'm really with you and look i think there's a whole different philosophical discussion about what the all-star game should be I would argue that Bryce Harper should be an all-star every year because he is a star and baseball doesn't have a ton of stars. And you should market your stars. You should market your stars, but that's a whole different discussion. It's I, like it's like it's difficult because on one hand I think it's really cool that sometimes that the that their guys have great years and get to go to the all-star game cuz even if their team's not great. Totally. I I and like Kirby I, I like Yates the, making it cool. I like the one player per team thing. I'm still okay with that. I don't think that's a stupid rule. I think every kid should be able to turn on the All-Star game and see a player of their favorite team playing in the All-Star game. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, turn in and see JT Realmuto. Thank God. Go JT. <laughs> Super. Uh, shout out. Man, poor Hector Naris. He deserved it. But So is Kingery. Yeah, Kingery does too. Just I, I'm, The games played killed him. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's called the All-Star game. Like have like the biggest of biggest stars there, personally. But I agree. again, I'm happy he's not there. All right, coming up, we will dive into... Pretty big series coming up, starting tomorrow. Pretty big series. We'll die. Please. <laughs> Not feeling great. Please don't get swept. No, yeah, just don't get swept. Don't get swept. Soroka. Soroka. Velasquez. Oh, God. Oh, well, no, they moved Velasquez to the weekend. They did. So it's okay. F1. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I saw Soroka Velasquez and I was like. <laughs> How much can I. Did you think about taking out Zoe's college fund? Oh, my God. I would have. <laughs> I mean, the Phillies are not going to hit Mike Soroka. I feel pretty confident. 21 year old All Star. Yeah. 21 year old Cy Young contender. So, yeah. Soroka. That's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, it's frustrating. All right. Before we dive into a series that I'm sure is going to make us sad, let's. Talk to someone who's going to make us very, very happy. Before that, though, let's do some headlines. We got, we got uh, some housekeeping. Oh, yes, housekeeping. Yes, right. good point. Good right. point. All right. First and we foremost, always we always forget. We're so bad. We're like, we're going to say, this is the first thing we're going to, every time, every time, the first thing we're going to say is, hey, I hope Snyder at the yeah. ballpark coming out with us. Rate and review the podcast. We've actually got like an addition to that. And we never do it. Yeah, so good job it. remembering now. Uh, rate and review the podcast. We had said that if we get to a thousand reviews, we would release the 
Lost Bryce Harper. And I was listening to parts of it the other day. It is hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. It's so bad. I can't wait. <laughs> we so, sound like such a-holes, Oh, man. good. So this is your deal. So what we're doing is we're, we're cutting it. We said 1,000, but because... We're both going to be away on July 4th, so yes. there is not another podcast coming this week, sadly. I really apologize. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the Brave series, all that, but all you got to do is get 40 more reviews. We're at 460. We're lowering it. We're in half. If it gets to 500 reviews, we'll release the Bryce Harper podcast this weekend. It can be July 4th listening. You can laugh at us, all that stuff. We just need 40 more reviews. You can be out at a barbecue, you know, having some beers, listening to us say that Bryce Harper's never coming here and the <laughs> Phillies are blowing this. That could be you. If you get 40, all we need is 40 more reviews. Get us to 500. That's it. Uh, we'll be counting down on Twitter. Obviously, I'll count down. Yes. Like, and uh, So 40 more, 500. We will release the Bryce Harper. And we will, even, episode. we will email it to ourselves so we can right. update it remotely. Like, we will not. We will make sure this happens. No, we don't. We've, yeah. we've talked about this a lot. We don't yes. lie to the high hopes we listeners. Don't. Yes, so 500 views. That's it. And uh, high hopes night. Yes. Our pin tweets, August 17th. Um, tickets are available. $33 in the outfield. We're all going to be hanging. It's going to be awesome. Cindy Webster's got a lot of cool stuff planned. We're going to put together a tailgate beforehand. So it's going to be an awesome night. And uh, I just met a listener at the, at the Fish Show, by the way. Shout out nice. to Gary. Gary came up to me. Gary. Gare. Super nice dude. Yeah. Very big fan of the show. All that. So shout out to Gare. Nice. Uh, very co- Saw me on the lawn. Came up. Said hi. Is he coming to High Hopes Night? I hope so. Gary, come to High Hopes Night. Neighbor Dan, come to High Hopes Night. Listen, I want to... I Listen, I will I will bring Cornhole. I'm pretty sure. I'm the I'm the best Cornhole player this side of Mississippi. Wow. So that, that is a is... serious statement. I will show people how great I am at chugging beer. Because oh, wow. I am probably the best who's ever lived. But again... No blueberry ales. We no, don't want them. No, no. Please don't bring them. <laughs> don't bring 15% alcohol <laughs> beers because we've shown that we can't handle it. No. Turns out we can't handle no, it. No, we can't handle it. Like the days after can't handle it. All right. <laughs> so get your tickets high up tonight. We're going to have a blast August 17th and 40 more reviews. It's there. It's done. Boom. Bryce Hart bucket. All right. Let's get to the most important thing that we've ever done in the history of this podcast. The guy we've been talking about romantically almost gushing <laughs> gushing for a few months here has finally taken the time to join the pod uh it is our pleasure to welcome in the one the only jason ochart all right and it is our distinct pleasure to welcome in the biggest guest in the history of this podcast without question in fact if we could bring babe ruth back from the dead and say, babe, can you come on the pod today? He would have gotten canceled. Yes, for this guest. Yeah, the That's single, deal this the is. single most important guest we've had. Um, and I have just can't Jack, wait. Jack's out of his mind. Let, let's welcome him in the Phillies minor league hitting coordinator, of course, from Driveline, Mister Jason Ochart. What up, Jason? Wow, what an intro, fellas. Happy to be here, and the pleasure is mine. Well, if you've ever listened to this podcast, your name comes up like pretty <laughs> much every episode. So, <laughs> you know, it's a good thing we actually finally got you on. It's a beautiful thing. No, I appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, that, that initial podcast where you said I was the second best, you know, addition to the Phillies this offseason was hilarious. And I actually sniffed it and put it on the Instagram. So that was big, oh, big content awesome. for me. So, that's so I do follow along. I'm a big fan, and I appreciate all the support, guys. Wow. Now, now, Jason, did you only agree to this podcast because I threatened to put Alec Bohm in the bio? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why. Yeah, that's Whatever a good, that's a good bet dare. by you. Well, that's smart. I mean, yeah, please, just stop talking right now. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, we're talking <laughs> about analytics. We're talking about science. And the, the, the absolute science is that if you go on my bio, you were absolutely cursed, and there was flirtation 
decisions without Bohm getting in. And Ochart said, no, please, we want him to be a good major leaguer. So smart decision by you. Yeah, yeah, that, that had to be said. I know. Um, I, I, yeah, it seems like it's working out well. <laughs> so far. Over to you. Yeah. Well, Jace, let's start at the, the beginning for you. I, I, you know, you're a college baseball player, but unlike most, you know, hitting instructors across the major leagues forever, there's been that like stigma of it has to be someone who played pro ball. You're someone who didn't play pro ball, but found a way to work your way into this. Can you kind of tell everyone where you came from, essentially? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the preface, I'll tell you that if you told me, you know, five years ago that I'd be here and working for the Phillies in this role, especially, I would, I would have called you a liar. So it's pretty crazy <laughs> that it's happened. But, um, you know, it started, like you said, I, I graduated college. I played college baseball, and I studied sports science, so I was going to go into physical therapy. But my younger brother was, was still playing, and he was playing at Menlo College, a small business school in Northern California. And they lost the coach. So he asked me, he's like, hey, you've always loved coaching. Do you, you want to maybe, you know, apply for this job? And I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't want to take out another loan for school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, decision. School's not Smart. Cheap. And, then, and uh, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm like, what's the job pay? He's like, it's, it's a volunteer job <laughs> to start. <laughs> nice. So, I, know, uh, I know what that's like. I've been know, there. I, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? It was about my, my younger brother, really. Like, him and I are really close. And I was his coach basically his whole life. So for me, the opportunity to coach him for, you know, a couple of years until he graduated was, was worth it. So I started actually as an infield and, and a strength and conditioning coach because we had a hitting coach our first year. And then long story short, he, he moved on. So I got promoted to the hitting coach job and we had a really good year. We, we set a bunch of school records. And then the next year we broke a lot of those records and, it caught note of or it caught the attention of, of Kyle. And I, I think because in my head I was only going to do it for a couple of years while my brother was playing, I kinda had like a I guess like a D gas mentality. It was like whatever, I, I'm gonna do some stuff that's crazy because whatever, like I'm doing it for a couple of years and and I'm just gonna go for it. And we were talking about training at game speed and, and talking about launch angles and not hitting ground balls. And our, our team slogan was feed the trees because there were trees way beyond the outfield fence. And we did a lot of those things that people were calling me crazy at the time, but I figured, you know, why not? And, and ended up getting, you know, some, some pretty good results. And then it caught Kyle's attention, like I said, and he interviewed me for the job and I was making uh, $5,000 a year living in my office at wow. Menlo College, so it was a no-brainer for me to, to make the switch to driveline. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, man. And now, I mean, this offseason, obviously the Phillies bring you in to be a uh, the minor league hitting coordinator. What was that process like? And kind of explain to people what your job is, because obviously us here, like we love like we love this kind of stuff. We're baseball nerds, and like when we brought you in, when the Phillies hired you, we were just ecstatic. But for, for everyone out there, like what is your, your job with the Phillies, and what do you pretty much do on a daily basis? Yeah, so the coordinator... I mean, we do a lot. We're basically running the entire development of, of the hitters throughout our entire system, AAA and down. So I get tweets all the time about major league players and why I can't fix them. <laughs> just so people know, <laughs> I don't work with the major league team. That's, that's males, and then he's a man. I, I just work with the minor league guys. And basically, you develop the whole system, so you develop the philosophy and and the messaging that you want and the way that we're going to train our guys, we develop plans for players. And then throughout the season, what I do is I rove. So I'll spend three, four days basically at each affiliate 
check in, check in with the players and the coaches, maybe work with some guys that, um, that I'll, that I feel like I need to work with or the coach needs to work with, or maybe the player and just kind of bounce around. So like last week I was, I was in Reading, uh, on the road with them actually in Trenton. And then I went to Lakewood and, uh, now I got a couple of days off, but then I'm going to the GCL going to see those guys. I'm going to go to Clearwater and then I go to the DR and then back up North, go to Lehigh, Reading. I mean, just do the whole circuit. I mean, it's like three, four days at a time, like I said, and, and on to the next place. So it's a ton of travel and a ton of, um, you know, communicating and, and working with all, all the staff. Jason, you talk about the philosophy that you guys are trying to implement. Can you expand a little bit on what that philosophy is? And, and also, I know at Driveline, one of the big things you guys try and do is implement technology to teach hitting. Yeah. Can you talk about that as well? Totally, totally. I mean, technology integration was a really big initiative this year. And um, even before I got there, I think that's, that's a large reason why I was hired, because I have a lot of experience with this stuff. But um, to start with just the philosophy, one, like I'll tell you, our slogan this year is punish strikes. Nice. And it's kind of simple, which is the point. I mean, it, it's it's kind of twofold. One is punish. Like, we, we want our hitters up there with the intent to do damage. So especially in good counts, we're telling our guys that we want you to take your ace swing. We want you to do damage, and that's what's going to take to get you to, to the highest level. So we really encourage, you know, exit velocity, trying to, to swing at good pitches and, and to, you know, impact the baseball at a high level. And then the strikes part, I think, is probably the most important. And, and what I'd say the vast majority of our instruction is, is very focused on pitch selection and, and approach. So we tell the hitters all the time, you're really only as good as the pitches you swing at. So as much as I am a fan of the swing and mechanics and all that, if you're not going to swing at good pitches and if your pitch recognition skills aren't good, then it's kind of useless. So we really focus a lot on pitch selection and, and swing decisions, and we train it a lot as well. And I think that's, that's probably the most important part of the whole thing. Now, are you, are you using like the, the VR technology for that kind of stuff? Like, is that, is that how you kind of break down guys' pitch recognition? Um, we don't use VR at the moment. Um, you know, we're exploring that technology. Personally, I don't think it's quite there yet. Um, and that's what I could talk for a long time about. Just that, but, <laughs> but we, we do, um, you know, we, we train accordingly. So we train at game speed a lot. So we'll have coaches that mix pitches, that throwing balls and strikes on purpose, um, throwing high velocity, a lot of machine work. We have programmable machines that can throw balls and strikes, and we can tunnel fastballs with sliders. And, and we really challenge the guys to, to you know, train that. Because I think a lot of players don't ever work on that. You know, they wonder why they chase pitches all the time, and they don't ever see balls in practice. Like all they ever do is get balls thrown at them 60 miles an hour down the middle. And it doesn't really make sense. And then I think a big part of it too is, is kind of related to technology is we're getting this feedback from TrackMan on the quality of the swing decisions guys are making. So we're able to track it throughout time. Like, are you taking the right pitches? Are you swinging at the at good pitches? Are you understanding the count? And we can give guys targets and then track it over time. You know, I mean, I think Moniac's a good example of a guy who really, all of his emphasis this offseason or this, uh, this spring training throughout, throughout the year has really been on, on that plate discipline and, you know, swing decisions. And, and for him, like, we're, we're seeing him progress in that area. He's, he's 
taking better swings on good pitches. He's taking borderline strikes that he's used to force him to play, and he's drawing more walks. And, and we're able to track it and, and report that back to him and say, look, you're doing a much better job. Here's exactly how and why, and this is why the program and the training is working, and, and we can kind of continue that cycle. And he's just one example, but, but the technology takes the guesswork out of it, and we don't have to you know, tell a guy something, and, and it's not just my opinion. Like, we have objective facts that show him that what he's doing is working and getting better, and that's a really good way to generate buy-in for, with players. And do you feel like, do you feel like top to bottom, you know, from Lehigh all the way down to GCL, do you feel like, you know, we're about two months, three months into the, the minor league season, do you, are you guys starting to notice the results of that? Are you starting to, to see guys starting to really buy into the philosophy you guys are, are, are teaching? And how long does it take, like, fully, do you believe, like, for a, an organization to fully change over their hitting philosophy like that? You know, it's, it's something I'm learning on the fly, for sure. I, I think there's definitely going to be an adjustment period. Um, you know, April, for instance, like, we didn't hit very well uh, as an org. And uh, it, it was something that I guess was kind of expected, not because uh, even just the hitting. Like, there's just a lot of new people in our, in our player development. New farm director. Um, you know, like a lot of new hitting coaches and there's just always going to be an adjustment period as people learn the new philosophy. And, and for me, like learning the system, how it works, how professional baseball works. And it's almost like a collection phase too. Like in, in April, I really hammered with our, you know, I hammered the point with the coaches like here's so a lot of our guys aren't doing as well as we'd like, but this is a good opportunity to, to turn this into a teachable moment and to start really pushing our initiatives forward because what we're doing isn't working. And I really was kind of slow into integrating, but for me, like some of the failures early on were, were actually beneficial because for me, it was like, okay, now we got them. Like some of these guys aren't playing as well as they'd like. Now we're going to start using machines more and we're going to, we're going to start using this technology and we're really going to go all in. And I, I'm starting to see the buy-in happening a lot earlier than I thought because I thought it was going to be like a two, two or three year process. But month to month, it's it's been awesome seeing the buy-in from the players and the coaches, and and I think we're trending in the right direction. So so far, it's been it's been awesome. That's really cool. That's great to hear. Uh, all right, let's get into a couple specific players. Jack's eyes and ears <laughs> perked up when you mentioned the name Mickey Moniak. Would you say that your coaching is doing more for the Moniak breakout or him coming out of the bio? That's that's <laughs> that's the main question here. Yeah, it's definitely the bio. <laughs> He's batting like two ninety seven since coming out of the bio. It's a direct it's a direct link. So um I don't know yeah. if you want to say your 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 thank you to me, but you don't have oh, wow. to. But um I don't, I'm just saying You um, really don't yeah. have to say thank you to Jack. I feel very confident okay. about that. <laughs> well thanks. I'll say it anyway. Thank you. We're uh we're just very happy about Moniac. I mean, is there anything obviously you touched on it a little bit, but like what what are you seeing from Mickey? He seems like he's hitting the ball. Like it seems like he's making loud contact no matter what. And you mentioned the walks. I mean, that was one of the things that was was like he was hitting well and he's hitting like three hundred, but still his OEP was like three forty, like he just wasn't walking. What have you guys seen recently from Mickey? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, the focus for him has always been on on his swing decisions. And I think with Mickey, he's such a good athlete that he's been able to hit like everything his whole life hard. And for him, like he'll, he'll be able to, you know, hit a one Oh change up low and away off the plate for a double. But 
as he progresses levels, the importance of its selection is key. And I think for him, it's understanding that you need to zone in a little bit and look to do some more damage and control your at-bat that way because we're preparing you to perform in the big leagues and, and the stuff's just too good. You can't hit everything. You, you have to have an approach, and that's something that the best in the world do. And we, we come at guys with a lot of information about what Reese Hoskins is doing as far as how he's making swing decisions based on count, and, and he's not just up there auto-swinging. So for him in particular, he's just such a good athlete that we really wanted to emphasize the idea of until you get two strikes, you're in the driver's seat and you're looking for something that you can hit hard and in the air. And he's really bought into it. And I think physically, too, like he's just getting stronger. He's becoming a man. You can see his shoulders more broad. He just, he's also just growing as a, as a, as a person as well. So I, I think he's a really exciting player. He's so much fun to watch. I mean, everything he does from base running to defense uh, and obviously hitting, it's just really exciting. And to see him develop day in and day out, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's leading the Eastern League in triples, so like, it seems like his base running is is one to watch and have fun with. Speaking of loud contact, I, here it I, comes. I, I can't believe it's been this long. <laughs> I know, what have we been doing listen, this whole time? I feel we buried the lead here. <laughs> uh, listen, just just talk to us about Alec Bohm. I mean, the guy seems like he's an absolute machine. Yeah, the kid is a stud. He's an absolute stud. And um, he's a guy that I just... I really, really look forward to talking to him every time I'm in town. Um, I look forward to seeing him play. And he he's very smart. I'll say that about him. He's very, very smart. He uses the information really well, you know, as far as how he designs his plan at the plate, how he goes about his at-bats. Um, he's extremely gifted, obviously, very powerful, ridiculous fast speed, and great basketball skills, good play discipline, like really just checks all the boxes. And, and for me, the thing I, that I appreciate most about him is his work ethic. I mean, this guy is really driven. And for someone that is that um, successful, even early in his, in his life, he works really, really hard. And I'll tell you, this offseason, he bought a place in Clearwater and stuck around and trained all year, all offseason, which is very uncommon, especially for a first rounder, you know, he was there every day working on his defense with our, with our coaches there working on his hitting, like Charlie Manuel was there work, working with him on the swing and, and just putting in a ton of work. And he gets, a, he deserves so much credit for that because he's, he's reaping the benefits. And, and I think that is, is so outstanding to see for a player like that. Now, last year, he didn't have any home runs. Obviously, the, the injury contributed to that. Was there anything you guys did uh, specifically to try to get more pop out of his bat? Obviously, the, the natural bat's great, like bat to balls because he talked about, but for him to realize his potential and be a number three overall pick and be a cornerstone, that power had to come, and it's, it's slowly starting to come now. Was that something you guys did, or was that Alec just putting in all the work and, and figuring it out a little bit? Well, he definitely put in all the work. And, and for me, when I first got the job, you know, we, we basically – like I do a deep dive and I work with uh, the PI team led by uh, Ben Worthen. We, we look at all the information and there was a huge, a huge thing that stood out when we looked at his information. And that was that he didn't pull a single ball in the air last year. Wow. In, in short season. Um, and he's a right center approach guy. Like, like absolutely. And I think that a lot, and I, w- I would suffice to say most good right-handed Run producers are, are right center oriented, especially on fastballs, but they're able to pull the ball 
in the air. And, uh, and that's something we talk a lot about in our organization is, is air pull percentage. Like, can you keep the ball off the ground when you pull it? So for him, that was the emphasis. Almost all, all spring training was like, hey, let's work on your bad path and let's work on just being able to pull the ball in the air. And a lot of it is timing-based as well. And there are a lot of things that, that we went into, but, but for him, that was kind of the focus throughout, the, uh, throughout his development. And he's done an incredible job, and he does it all the time now, as, as you <laughs> have observed. And he can, he can hit the ball very, very far to any field, but, but to see him pull the ball in the air a very long way and consistently is, has been awesome. And, and when you look more at the data, at his air pull percentage, like the improvements have been drastic and he really deserves all the credit because he put in a ton of work and he bought into it. And that's not something a lot of coaches would say, you know, like I think if, you know, you told most hitters to pull the ball in the air, they they'd probably, they kind of flinch like what, like my coach always tells me to take ground balls off. <laughs> you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of opposite yeah, to what sure. most guys have ever heard. But, um, you know, that's the type of player he is. And he's a guy that has power, and and we want to see him develop into that player. And, and he's, he's done an outstanding job as far as buying in and, and working at it. Talent and coachable. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's a beautiful thing. All right, Jason, we talked a lot about Moniac and Boehm, and obviously in the past on this pod about Hazley and a lot of guys. Is there someone who in your time, you know, traveling throughout the minor leagues with the team so far who is – you know, someone we might not talk about a ton, but who's really impressed you so far with what you've seen from them? Man, I could I could talk about a lot of guys that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, sure. So I'm many sure. exciting young players in our system, and, and you know, I, I don't know if I want to choose one. I, I think that we have a lot of strength, especially in the lower levels. Like when I look at our short season team or GCL teams, even the Dominican, like there are so many young, exciting players with tools. Our, our scouts are awesome. And um, and the future is bright, man. I, I love I love working with these guys and seeing what they're capable of, and envisioning how good they're going to be when they're twenty, twenty one, twenty two. This is awesome. This is really exciting. This is I asked for one, you give me a bunch. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, Jason. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> All right, Jason. Final one for you here. If you could have the perfect five year vision for the the minor league development plan, uh, what would it be? You know, I think just continually to. And, and keep developing the players and the coaches. I think that the technology integration has been really successful. I think that, um, you know, the players are bought in, especially for year one. You know, next year we're going to continue to, to move forward, and, and I'm learning a lot as well. So I think developing myself as a coordinator because it's my first time doing it. So I'm learning how to, how to you know, work with professional players throughout the season, how to develop coaches and, and continually to um, improve. So I think just getting a little better every every year is key. And, you know, that's what I tell the players, that these changes aren't going to happen overnight. They're, it's incremental progress over time. That's always the goal. So I think that's that's also true of, of just our player development system as well. So continually to learn and and just get better so we can make the Phillies better. That's, that's the, We're all the about that. We're all about that. <laughs> By the way, Jack Live, one last one, because I, I have one fun question on the way out. You're someone you were a, a really good college player. Uh, you obviously love hitting, love baseball. Who's your favorite hitter of all time? Manny Ramirez. Boom! That's a good answer. That's a great yep. answer. I say Manny's that become my guy. He's become almost underrated at this point. Yeah. Like he's one of the five greatest right-hand hitters of all time. Oh, I absolutely. I, I, I got a story about Manny too. When I was in, I was in Reading a few weeks ago, and I get a text from one of my buddies that works at Drive One, 
And he goes, hey, you're not going to believe we just walked in. I said, who? He goes, Manny Ramirez is here, here with his son. And he's, <laughs> he's training at driveline. Get out of so here. I missed, I missed Manny Ramirez oh, no. at driveline because of the Philly shop. So oh. that, was, that was painful. You know, I still have uh, you know, a, little, a little stab in my heart from that. But, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, for so me, it was a really neat. proud moment. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. In, exactly. It's got to be pretty cool. That he, exactly. Like your favorite hitter of all time came to train at your place. Like, that's surreal. Yeah, so I hope to meet him one day. But no, he's my favorite guy. And I, I tell you what, like when I first started learning this stuff, a lot of it happened because I found video of his swing on YouTube. Like this is like 2009 when when I'm you know you started to be able to find swing video. Sure. And I remember watching slow mo of him hit and thinking he's not doing anything that I teach or that I do as a hitter. Wow. Like, he's not swinging down. He's not squishing the bug. He's not staying closed, like all these things. So just being obsessed with Manny is kind of where it all started. That is super cool. Yeah, and he also torched the Phillies and hit a ball like off the ground off of Cole Hamels in the NLD- <laughs> yeah. NLCS. So. You believe that? Yeah, that curveball would have hit. <laughs> I mean, how about the fact that, that he was batting seventh in those Indians lineups back wow. in the day? Those lineups were amazing. He was still great. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, ah, yeah. Jason. Seriously, man, thank you so much for, for spending so much time with us. Thank you for all that you're doing with the Phillies. Because, Mostly that. Yeah, we're obviously big fans <laughs> of it. And thank you for making Jack's year, literally. So we really appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, the pleasure is mine, guys. I really enjoyed it, and um, I appreciate the support. And it's been really fun, and we're going we're gonna to keep going strong, and the second half is, is going to be awesome. So, so thank you, guys, and, and keep the names out the bio, Jack. And, okay. <laughs> and if you need a six foot one former division two oh, right hander to throw some BP, you you have my number. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll uh, I'll text you. You don't text me. Yes. Okay. Good answer. Sounds good. Follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Jason Ozart. Check out Driveline. All the great stuff, Jason. Again, thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Oh, chart day happened. I love him. We did it. How cool is he? Ah, uh, the best. I, I'm, I'm now. I'm in love with him the way you're in love with Thank him. Thank you. He was so great. I'm sure everyone listening to this is How also. Could he not be like he's such an awesome dude. Well, and, and I loves feel baseball. like I feel like just taken away from that interview. It was like, man, am I so glad this guy's here? Yes. Oh, he's smart and no seems to know what he's doing. This is so exciting that he's here. And people were like questioning his hitting philosophies like nine years ago, ten years ago, and now it's the trend in baseball. Yep. Like, that guy's on our side now. It's awesome. Ugh. It's really, it's really cool to be out. And just in front think, of that. I'm thinking about this from the top down. Like, if he's going to be the minor league hitting coordinator, and he's going to start, imp- like, he's saying that already these guys are buying in. Like, yeah. how good is this going to be? It's huge. Now, I, I would have, I when he said two, three, that's what I would have thought. Yeah, like, same. if you had said to me, you're coming in and revamping an entire organization's minor league hitting structure. There is no way I would have thought guys would be buying in a few months in. Right. Never. Now, Phillies, this is what you have to do. Is you have to get him. Really, like you stop with the casting the wide net thing and going under slot and drafts. Bring us some talent. Yeah, bring in the guys that he can work with, like Bryson Stott. Great work. Get right. guys like that, and still a little under slot, which was amazing. But that was surprising. Yeah, shocking because he was the right pick there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, thank you, Jason. Oh, that wait, was super cool. We talked about the. I saw Bryson Stott in the elevator. Uh, did we talk about it on the pod? I know you and I talked about it. <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about it on the pod or not. Yeah, I no, think I we think did. we did. I think we, we definitely did. did. Yeah, okay, we did. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, let's look at the weekend, Jack. Uh, I have the pitching matchups on my phone in a second here. I know that uh, the most important starter is starting tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, how about Pavetta versus Keuchel? 
Talk about a game that for all the takes has the potential for lots of takes, my friend. The uh, takes, the takes are going to be flowing. Listen, I listen. Dallas Keuchel is still getting like hits. Like he, people are just hit, like they're hitting him, but they're not scoring runs. Like he's yeah. still I mean, he led the league five innings, three runs. It's not like he was amazing in his he, last. He start. led the majors in hits last year. Like uh, of. of Players getting hits off him yes. or whatever. So, uh, Philly saying he didn't lead in actual getting hits. Good to know. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not a big saving metrics guy. But. You didn't bat three thirty or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but Dallas Keuchel, listen, I need to uh, listen, Phillies for 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 the takes, please, for, please. For, the, for everything. Would you just destroy Dallas Keuchel? Just rip him apart. And Nick Pavetta, would you freaking man up? We talked about it last yeah, week. Don't be a little baby. Dude. Oh my gosh, like show me some composure. Listen, and remember your last start in, in Atlanta. That was. Until uh, he he loved the solo home runs, which is fine. But Until like, the Swansby at bat. Swansby? Swan, Swanson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dansby Swanson? Yeah, Swansby? Swansby. I like that Are you actually. giving the Braves material? I kind of like that, actually. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Swansby. Swansby. Until the Swansby at bat. No, I just, I, we need Pavetta to step Swansby. up. Swansby. Yeah, I know, it's bad. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I kind of like it. That's, even, see, that's the fish fry right there. But you're giving you're giving fuel to the Braves, Braves Twitter it's true. Um, ability. So just go with Danson instead. It's yes. much worse. Uh, Danson sounds like a prick, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's Ted, he's great. Yeah. He's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Pavetta versus versus Keuchel. Yes, destroy Keuchel, and please, Nick, just just get back on track. That's all we're asking for. Just get listen. Just just show us you you show us the guy that we saw the first three starts. Back. Yes, please, the Dodgers guy, the Reds guy. Give us that guy. Even the the Braves guy. Even last that time. guy. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Nola versus Bryce Wilson. So you feel pretty good. You hope it's hot. <laughs> I'm sure it will Wednesday, be. Wednesday, please. Um, yeah, I mean, Nola, hot Nola, Nola's last two starts, he struck out 10 in each start. 20, yeah, 20 guys. So, um, and, la- and listen, last time he was in, in Atlanta, it was a disaster. Uh, I'm, I was so mad at Aaron Nola, his last start in Atlanta. So hopefully he can kind of bounce back from that and, and can, can continue looking like the guy the Phillies need if they want to compete for a wild card or the division. That's the game they won, which is funny too. But yeah, he was a disaster. Yeah. They did. They did not win because of him. No, they didn't. And then uh, I don't even want to. Velasquez, Soroka, Eflin. Oh, Eflin, thank Soroka. God. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Eflin, Soroka. They're pushing Velasquez back to New York. Yeah, push him back to <laughs> never. All right, can we push him back to never? Never. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. They so. do get sadly. They got Degrom and uh, Syndergaard oh. in that three game series. Oh, Syndergaard's too, a big shake out. Syndergaard's the biggest waste of talent in, in Major League Baseball. So. Yeah, but he's still better than like. Whoever else they were going to throw at us, like Seth Lugo. I guess well, Zach, Zach, Zach Wheeler. Well, I, know Seth he is. I know he is. I know he is. I know he is. But still, <laughs> we got Steven Matz. So that's good. Yeah. Well, we Jason destroyed Steven Vargas. Actually, yeah, it's probably good that they're not getting Vargas. <laughs> no, no, no. Dude no, no. owns our soul. We don't do well against Jason Vargas. No, no, no. So, um, listen, if they. And by the way, can we just real quickly say how happy we are that June is over? 11 and 16 in June. It's uh, July. Let's move forward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no more June. Uh, well, June's been this team's. Achilles heel yeah. since like oh nine. It's unbelievable. Or oh, you know, even the oh eight June. The was bad. June swoon, Jack. They can't do it. It's crazy. That's because July's hitting season. Yes. So it's all good. Now July's our month. <laughs> now it's good. Let's go. July's our month. <laughs> all right. Um. Anything else before final thoughts? Any uh, unloading? Yeah, I'll unload real quick. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Is it Bobby Bonilla Day? Yeah. Get out. July first. How, how many more years are left? I don't know. Something like fifteen years yeah. or something. It's crazy. I think it's twenty thirty five or something like that. That's amazing. Shout out to Bobby Bonilla. Can you imagine just getting a million dollar check every July 1st? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Like, It'd be amazing. Open up your mailbox up. There's my million again. Do you think that every friggin' year? Do you think when the Mets signed him, like, ah, baseball's not even going to be around in 2035? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have to worry about this. 
Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, they prematurely killed two members of the 1969 Mets this weekend. I don't know if you saw this story. <laughs> no, what happened? But I they knew they said, were honoring the Mets, the 69 yeah, team. Yeah, so they entered that team. They said two guys are dead, and they were like, no, we're not. No! <laughs> yeah, dude. No way! <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, seriously? That is, like... The most Mets thing that's ever that's happened. Amazing. That is amazing. It's amazing. That really is amazing. <laughs> wow. Shout out to the Mets. That is awesome. Uh, and my final uh, unload in the mailbag. The offense the last seven days, um, if you average it out over the first half of the season right now, um, they, they'd be they'd be functioning as a top 10 offense. Like their their offensive numbers, offensive output the last 7 days is that of a top 10 offense. And they hit their most home runs since since 2009 this month um with 40, they hit 43 in some month in 2009, they hit 40 this month. So the looks like the power's coming around. Um and they they look they just look better. Like it looks like they're they're starting to be more competitive in the box. Um and it, it's good to see. I think the offense is starting to turn a corner a little bit. Unfortunately, as the offense is turning a corner, the, the pitching staff is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um but nothing's perfect in the baseball season just like a golf round. So it's the same kind of thing. Just need to, to get it all together at the right, right time. Have everything firing at the right time. Right. So, um, uh, yeah. So I just it, it looks like the offense is starting to play well. Um, the the weather is heating up, and and this this team is never built to win games two to one. So it's nice to see the offense starting to figure it's, some it's things out. It's imperative. Like the only way this team is doing anything this year is if the offense is taking them there. So you know, and you need Nola to keep pitching like he's pitched the last few outings and stuff like that. But. The offense is what can and has to carry this team if they're going to get anywhere. So, uh, all right, Fritzy, final thoughts. My final thought is that um, Klintak did a really, I think he's almost been underrated in the moves he made getting Jay Bruce and, and Brad Miller here. Um, speaking of Brad Miller, he. Another homer. Yeah. Bamboo and, Brad. Bamboo Brad. It's and like he, five for 16 as a Philly or something like that. Right. Five for 14, I, no, think. I think. I think he's six for 16. Is it six for 16? Either yeah. way, he's been really good. Really good. I mean, yeah. just. Like he's just an actually good bench bat that can play multiple positions. Yeah, and that's what a, what a crazy thought that is. Right, and I read a story by Matt Breen today, another a really good piece from Matt, and he was talking about how Brad uh, he had off season surgery the last two off seasons, so he hasn't had a fully healthy off season until now. Uh, didn't really get a shot coming out of um, coming out of, of the winter. He only got one. He had the high, he had the third highest OPS in the Indians team for letting well, he, him go. He you saw that when he when he was let by the in, let go by the Indians, he actually like, talked out about it and was like, so clearly they don't want the best players here, like. They, I'm one of the best players. I should be. like it was like a thing, right? So my final thought is this: is that they did well finding those underrated assets in in Bruce and and Brad Miller. Now they got to find one in the pitching staff. Yeah. They, they got to find a guy that that is not most mostly wanted by a lot of teams. Well, not mostly wanted, but a guy that has. Please, they don't have to give up a top tier prospect for correct. And I have identified one that I think would be Ooh. interesting. Uh, now, all right, you probably you might not know who he is. You might. I'll say, I'll test you. His name is Austin Adams. He's on the Mariners. Austin Adams. It sounds familiar, but I don't know him. Yeah, so he he is a 28-year-old journeyman. He was just released from the Nationals earlier this year. Goes to Seattle, and he's a 2.53 ERA, a .9 WHIP, and a 15.2 K per nine. And I just don't. What? I know. I don't think he costs a lot. Like he's been. They've been using him a lot. 15.2. Yeah. He's got a, like a wicked slider. Struck that out serious. Struck out Bregman on a wicked slider. I think he's a guy that should not cost that much. Yeah, um, well, you would think. I but, mean, out of nowhere, this guy. Right, and the Mariners are obviously selling, and and whatever they'll take value. I just think that's a guy that can, even if Robertson comes back, I wouldn't hate bringing in a guy like that to, to help stabilize the bullpen even more. Yeah, they definitely have to add obviously bullpen starting all that stuff that if they want to do anything. All right, my final thought. Uh, we mentioned before Harper. Maybe getting on a little run, and, and also about Harper being a chip on the shoulder guy, a guy who, who cares about this type of stuff. Um, Bryce Harper, 
I'm sure a lot of people saw. It is 199th career home run, 999 career hits. And I just really like the quote he had about it. He said, hopefully I'll hit a ball into the bullpen in the next couple of days and my guys can grab it. I've got a long ways to go to where I want to be, but they're pretty cool milestones. I just dug that. I like that he thinks that way, that he thinks like, yeah, that's a cool milestone, but I want 500 homers. I want 3,000 hits. I want whatever it is, whatever those numbers are. And obviously 3,000 hits, not happening. But, you know, it seems like, like we said before, it's just an example of Harper is someone who does care about the legacy, cares about this stuff. And I think that's a really good thing for the Phillies, Jack. Agree. Agreed. So uh, hopefully Bryce has a monster second half and... Get us to that wild card game. You're damn right. That's all we need right now. Just get just get to the playoffs. I'm cool with that. I'm okay. It's been since 2011. Yeah, just give me a playoff game. So just give me a playoff game. Give me a shot at playoff, Nola. You're damn right. All right, again, one more time, thank you to Jason Ochart. What an awesome guy, awesome interview, and we are very happy to have him with the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, so 40 more reviews, and we'll release it. Otherwise, you're not hearing from us until Monday, Monday. of next week. So... Uh, everyone have a wonderful July 4th. Have a great holiday. Enjoy it with the family. We'll be back on Monday, and hopefully you'll be hearing the Bryce Harper podcast in between now and then, or hopefully not, because I'm fine with it never seeing the light of day either. So uh, until then, uh, have a wonderful July 4th. He's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you guys later.